Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The breeze at dawn has secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep. You must ask for what you really want. Don't go back to sleep. People are going back and forth over the threshold where the two worlds meet. The door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep. It's Persian poet and mystic Jalaluddin Rumi speaking to us across eight centuries, exhorting us to resist the pull of sleep and not to sleepwalk, but to wake up and stay up, to pass through that round and open door and seize the day. I also love another Rumi poem on this same theme. It's just one sentence. Sit, be still, listen. Because you're drunk and we're at the edge of the roof. Sit, be still, listen, because you're drunk and we're at the edge of the roof. When we're literally or figuratively drunk or drugged or something that renders us insensible to the world, we're missing it. Not just the pain but all the beauty proffered us in this life. Rumi calls us to sober up, to realize in every moment that we are at the edge of the roof. Will we sit down, be still, listen, or fall off? The great early 19th century Unitarian theologian and preacher William Ellery Channing, whose statue is just across Arlington Street, said to our forebears in this congregation, come to this place of worship with the soul to elevate the spirit to God. Let not this house be desecrated by a religion of show. Let it not degenerate into a place of forms. Let not your pews be occupied by lifeless machines. Do not come here to take part in lethargic repetitions of sacred words. Do not come from a cold sense of duty to quiet conscience with the thought of having paid a debt to God. Do not come to perform a present task to ensure a future heaven. Come to find heaven now. 
to anticipate the happiness of that better world by breathing its spirit. Come to worship with the heart as well as with the intellect, with fervor and life and zeal. Sleep over your business, if you will, but not over your religion. Amen. What's your religion? Lately, we've seen people come out from under rocks whose religion is hatred. The Dalai Lama says his religion is kindness. We can think of other world leaders whose religion is greed. Throughout his life, Gandhi lived the question, how will my actions affect the poorest person in the world? Gandhi's religion was compassion in action. At Arlington Street, we say love, service, justice, peace. One thing's for sure. It's not what you say your religion is. People know what your religion is by how you act. To be wide awake to the pain and glory, the great and small, is to live our faith. I'm thinking of two stories I know about the decision not to sleep over our religion. The first was told by Sebastian Younger in his book, Tribe. He writes, in the fall of 1986, just out of college, I set out to hitchhike across the northwestern part of the United States. I'd hardly ever been west of the Hudson River, and in my mind, what waited for me out in Dakota and Wyoming and Montana was not only the real America, but the real me. That's how I wound up outside Gillette, Wyoming one morning in late October with my pack leaned against the guardrail and an interstate map in my back pocket. Semis rattled over the bridge spacers and hurtled on toward the Rockies, a hundred miles away. In my pack, I had a tent and sleeping bag, a set of aluminum cook pots, and a camping stove. That and a week's worth of food was all I had with me outside Gillette, Wyoming that morning when I saw a man walking toward me up the on-ramp from town. From a distance, I could see that he wore a quilted old canvas union suit and carried a black lunchbox. I took my hands out of my pockets and turned to face him. He walked up and stood there studying me. His hair was wild and matted, and his union suit was shiny with filth and grease at the thighs. He didn't look unkindly, but I was young and alone, and I watched him like a hawk. He asked me where I was headed. California, I said. He nodded. How much food you got? I thought about this. I had plenty of food along with all the rest of my gear, and he obviously didn't have much. I'd give food to anyone who said he was hungry, but I didn't want to get robbed, and that's what seemed was about to happen. Oh, I just got a little cheese, I lied. I stood there, ready. But he just shook his head. 
You can't get to California on just a little cheese, he said. You need more than that. The man said he lived in a broken down car and that every morning he walked three miles to a coal mine outside of town to see if they needed fill-in work. Some days they did, some days they didn't, and this was one of the days they didn't, so I won't be needing this, he said, opening his black lunchbox. I saw you from town and just wanted to make sure you were okay. The lunchbox contained a bologna sandwich, an apple, and a bag of potato chips. The food had probably come from a local church. I had no choice but to take it. I thanked him and put it in my pack for later and wished him luck. Then he turned and made his way back down the on-ramp toward Gillette. I thought about that man for the rest of my trip, Sebastian Younger concludes. I thought about him for the rest of my life. Now I'm thinking about Sebastian Younger's man, and I hope you will too, taking the time to go out of our way to check on someone vulnerable is a good religion, the religion of kinship, being awake to suffering and to our deep interconnectedness with all living beings is a very fine religion indeed. The second story I know about the decision not to sleep over our business of our religion is just one paragraph. It was told by 20th century anthropologist Eleanor Leacock, who lived among the Cree Indians of northern Canada. She was deep in the bush on a hunting trip with a Cree named Thomas when they encountered two men, strangers, who had run out of food. They were extremely hungry. Thomas gave them all his flour and lard, despite the fact that it would mean he would have to cut his own trip short. Eleanor Leacock tried to get Thomas to explain why he did it. His response was succinct. Suppose now not to give them flour, lard, just dead inside. Imagine feeling that deeply and that clearly generosity or death. Imagine being that awake, that sober, that clear about what is life-giving and what is not. It's a choice. Zen teacher Daniel Doan Silberberg speaks of sleeping through life, lost in regret, and so missing the present. Here's the Zen way he expresses it. If only, if only, if only, dead. The antidote is to wake up. Sebastian Younger says that when he read the story of Thomas, suppose now not to give them flour, lard, just dead inside. 
he finally had his answer for why the homeless guy outside Gillette gave him his lunch 30 years ago. Just dead inside. As poor as he was, he was awake to life. Beloved spiritual companions, don't go back to sleep. Sit, be still, and listen, because you're drunk and we're at the edge of the roof. Sleep over your business, if you will, but not over your religion. I saw you from town and just wanted to make sure you were okay. Suppose now not to give them flower, lard, just dead inside. If only if only, if only, dead. Let's think about that. Let's live our religion. Let's wake up. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.